Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to watch paint dry. Now doesn't that sound lovely? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. How about we tell some jokes? But I suppose that might work. Today at the bank, an old lady asked me to help check her balance, so I pushed her over. (laughs) Yeah, my friend's bakery burnt down yesterday, now his business is toast. The other day, my wife asked me to pass her lipstick, but I accidentally passed her the glue stick. She still ain't talking to me. I couldn't figure out why the baseball kept getting bigger. Then it hit me. My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. Hey, what are you two doing? We're telling jokes. No, he's telling jokes, not me. Hold on, I got one more. All right, go ahead. Someone stole my mood ring yesterday, and I still don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I'm really going to have to start disconnecting this microphone when I step away from the desk. You ain't got no sense of humor, boy. I'm confused. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. may have seen in modern trends. I don't know if y'all have paid attention to this or not, but you have this this group of people, they'll go around from conference to conference because there's going to be a big speaker there, a prophet or someone who supposedly works in the prophetic ministry. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not making an accusation, but they'll go from conference to conference, but they will, uh, they'll, they'll miss what's going on at the local church and they'll go in order not just to hear a sermon I'm sure that's part of it their purpose for going to these conferences and they're aware of this is to get a word from God they want to go up and have this prophetic man or, or woman of God speak a word over them and they want the encouragement they want a prophecy and that's good and that's that's fine but here's what I began to question they're going to conference after conference and they're getting uh, supposedly getting all these these divine words and maybe they are divine words, maybe they are true, maybe they are from God, and, and then again, maybe they're not. They're spending their time, their money, their efforts, going and getting a word that may or may not be true, that may or may not come to pass. However, at their local church, unless they go to some weird outlandish kind of church, there's somebody in that pulpit every week preaching a word that absolutely is true. It's not a matter of, is it going to come to pass or is it not going to come to pass? It's, it's out of the word of God. So sometimes instead of looking elsewhere for a word that is very subjective, sometimes we just need to look right in our own front yard and think, oh, look, there's someone here at this church or in a number of other churches right here in our city that's preaching the word, and I don't have to question whether it's real or not. I don't have to question whether it's from God or not because it's straight out of the Bible. So I think that when we talk about prophecy and we talk about receiving prophecy from other people or from um, so-called prophets of today, we need to keep that in mind. Now, I say so-called prophecies and so-called prophets not because I do not believe in prophecy, because I do believe in prophecy. I do believe in the Word of God. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. But not every prophet is a true prophet. Not every prophet is a prophet that actually gives directioning from God. There are false prophets among us. The scripture, in fact, it warns us about false prophets. The other thing that I wonder about when they're going to these conferences is why aren't all of those prophetic words that they're receiving from all of these 
conferences helping those individuals who are going after them? Why aren't those words helping them to grow to the point that they are able to operate in the gift of prophecy themselves? If you go and you're receiving, you're receiving, you receive, don't you think at some point that you should begin to flow in the gifts of the Spirit? Don't you believe that at some point you need to grow? Now, I think there are two good possibilities there. One is that the words are not true. And they're just fluff to draw a crowd and make some money and gain some popularity. The other that I believe sometimes even when those words that they're given are true, they do not choose to walk in that word that is given. They do not choose to participate in the prophecy that is spoken over their lives. Today's title is Being a Participant in Prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12 and 18, it says, To one... There is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines discernment tongues interpretation prophecy faith wisdom knowledge healing miracles those are the gifts of the spirit going over to first corinthians a couple chapters over 14 and 1 paul says this pursue this love with eagerness make it your goal yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church but especially especially that you may prophesy to foretell the future to speak a new message from god to the people now i'll be honest with you i don't mind getting an encouraging word from someone who's operating in the spirit and i don't mind having a word spoken over me i have had um, several uh, words spoken over me in the last several years and if half of them had come to pass then I would be oh in a whole different boat right now in fact it wouldn't be a boat it would be some kind of yacht but I tell you that doesn't mean necessarily that those words were not spoken divinely but perhaps just perhaps I did not choose to walk and operate in the, the way that I needed to in order for those to be fulfilled now some may say why do you have to do anything if it's prophetic if it's from God then it should just happen, right? It should just happen because God said it. God's not going to lie. Let me show you scripturally, instead of my opinion, as wonderful as my opinion can be, it's, it's not scriptural, right? Always. All right. So let me just show you scripturally uh, about why we need to actively walk and participate in that prophecy. Perhaps in some of the people that Paul was writing to here in Corinth, they may have misunderstood how the spiritual gifts like, like tongues or prophecy were meant to work. They may have been under the impression that for the gifts to operate, a person operating in those gifts had to be taken over by the Holy Spirit. But you see, that's not scriptural. That is not how it actually works. The scripture tells us, in fact, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. When we get in a relationship with the giver, then the gifts are part of that relationship. If I'm good friends with somebody, he'll let me play on his basketball court, or in my case, probably play his Pac-Man game or whatever. Um, some of the Corinthians may have misunderstood, and they may have thought that those gifts were just being taken over by the Holy Spirit, and that the people exercising those gifts were lost in themselves, speaking in an unknown language, in a frenzy, or speaking a revelation from God in kind of a 
kind of a trance. And I'm not going to tell you that that isn't sometimes presented in that way. But we just need to be aware that we are in the flesh. People, spiritual or otherwise, operate in the flesh. So we don't always get it 100% pure. Sometimes we don't get it exactly like it's supposed to be. Some of the idol worship in Greek cities like Corinth involved similar behavior. So worshipers seemingly becoming possessed by the gods they served, ranting and moving in a frenzy. But Paul made it clear that this is not how spiritual gifts work in the Christian church. He has commanded those with the gift of prophecy to stop talking if someone else receives a revelation from God. Paul puts it in plain language. He says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, we have a choice whether to operate in the spiritual gifts or not. Think about the implications of that. Prophecy is not in tongues are not the only spiritual gifts. Again, discernment, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, faith. We have the option whether or not to operate in the gift of faith. We sometimes wait for that to just come upon us, and I'm feeling some real faith for this situation, but why not say, I have this gift at my disposal. I'm going to operate in the gift of faith. I'm going to believe that God is going to take care of this situation. I'm exercising that spiritual gift. Wisdom, word of knowledge. How about if we stay prayed up enough to the point that we can hear from God on a regular basis? I don't mean in an audible voice, although that's possible too. It happened to Moses, right? Several times in the scripture. But a still small voice even in our hearts instead of in our ears and are technically in our minds, speaking into our spirit. We get to choose because why? The spirit of the prophet are subject to the prophet. The gift of healing. How about that? We get to choose to exercise the gift of healing. You know what? I was healed this past week. Last Sunday, it started Saturday. I had severe pain. I even was concerned that it might be meningitis. I had severe pain in my back, my shoulders, and to the back of my head. It was one of those things that tends to linger for several weeks. But y'all, I got to believe in and exercising the gift of healing on myself, and I got someone else to pray for me as well. And do you know that we spoke healing over my body and later that day it was better the next day it was a 99% gone by the end of that day or the next morning it was gone and I'm telling you this was not one of those things that just kind of like it wasn't just a crick in the neck I was afraid like it was a pinched nerve or I had some bones rubbing together that ought not to be you know in relationship with one another and it was gone I received the healing but I spoke that I am healed I made the decision to exercise that gift and even though the pain did not immediately go, it was, it was pretty quick, but it did not immediately dissipate completely. I said, I am healed and I am looking forward to the pain going away because I am healed. I chose to be healed. We need to learn to stay prayed up and in tune enough with God in communion with the Holy Spirit enough so that the gift of prophecy is a choice that we make. Even when we prophesy over ourselves. Did you know that you can prophesy over yourself? Now, you can say all kinds of things over yourself, and if you don't participate in that prophecy, it's not going to come to pass. Not likely. There are a few coincidences here and there. I can prophesy out of the Spirit. I can prophesy and speak a word over myself that says, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in the next three months. But if I don't eat right, don't exercise, eat the wrong foods, do the wrong things, that's not going to happen. And what have I become? A false prophet. So my urging to you is not to be a false prophet, but to participate in the prophecies that you speak over yourself so that they do come to pass. Now, I don't mean just start speaking all kinds of random things over yourself just because they sound good. I'm going to get a new car this month, and I'm going to get a, a bigger boat, and I'm going to have a house that's five times the size, and the love of my life is suddenly going to appear on my doorstep. I don't mean just suddenly start speaking things over yourself just because you want them or they sound good. But again, be in tune with the Holy Spirit. But still, the speaking, the prophesying, is up to you. I can give you a great example. We can prophesy 
over ourselves. We can speak over ourselves that we're going to move up in our career. We're going to have more money, more responsibility, better hours, corner office, bigger truck, whatever comes with your job, right? But then if you don't show up for work on a regular basis, if you don't get out of bed Monday morning and go to work, you know, when you're supposed to be at work, if you don't respect your boss, your employer, you're not participating in that prophecy. That's probably not going to come to pass. And you're being a false prophet if you have spoken that over yourself. If you declare, and again, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart, not just a random thing, as he moves on you to speak over yourself that the blessings of God are just beginning to flow in my life. I'm just beginning to see the goodness of God in my life. And I'm going to be blessed. My family, my household is going to be blessed like never before. In the name of Jesus, I speak this over myself. And then you continue studying the word daily. You continue worshiping. You make a decision to spend time with your family, having devotions. I'm giving you some examples. Having devotions, letting them know what's important in life. You make a decision to get up and go to work and honor your employer, do your job as if unto the Lord, then you're participating in that prophecy. Another example, if you're praying for that love of your life to show up, you're a Christian young man and you're saying, God is going to send me a young woman and she's going to be a godly woman and she's going to be a holy woman, a one sent from God. Y'all, you're not participating in that prophecy if you date wild, loose women. Same with the girls. Yeah, you're praying for a godly man, but the only kind that you ever go out with are the kind that you meet in ungodly places. Guess what's not going to happen? If you begin to speak over yourself these things, and I urge you to pray and speak about what kind of young man, or in the other case, a young woman, that God would have you to be with, that God would send you. And then begin to participate in that prophecy. Those who are not acting like and being the person that you know God has called them to be, you don't need to be with them. But when God sends that right one, you'll know that he sent the right one. It can even go for friendships. It can go for careers. You get a job and you've spoken over yourself. You've spoken over your life. God is going to give me the job of my dreams. And, and, and he has done that for me, I mean, several times. Uh, they didn't stay the job of my dreams forever, maybe ten, five, six, ten years. But at the time, I just knew that that job was from God. And when it, I would start to get stressed over maybe losing the job or they were going to fire me, for, I'm always afraid they're going to fire me. Or that's, that tends to be my nature. So I do really well because I don't want to get fired. But I would remind myself, God gave me this job. And they can't take this job away from me until God gets ready for them to take this job away from me. Now, we go into the book of Matthew. Remember in Matthew when they were in the garden, Jesus and uh, some of his disciples, it was time for him to be taken away from the garden to be tried and then shortly thereafter crucified. Remember what Peter did when the soldiers came? He got overly enthusiastic, as it turns out. He drew a sword and cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. Well, Jesus didn't hesitate. He picked up the ear, put it back on, and healed it, which is like, you know, if you're going to be in a fight, it pays to be there with Jesus, right? You know, if you lose a limb, that's really not a problem. Let me just put it back on. How wonderful is that? And then Jesus admonishes Peter, and he says to him, Peter, what are you doing? Do you not know that if I didn't want for this to happen, that I could call 12 legions, or we always say 10,000 angels, to deliver me from this? Do you think that my father would not, at my very hint of a request, send 10,000 angels to take care of this for me? Matthew 26, 52 through 54. Jesus said, put your sword back in its place, talking to Peter, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must 
happen this way. Because you see, it was prophesied that Jesus would die on the cross. Remember Isaiah 53 and 5, for he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed, prophetically talking about Jesus. But Jesus tells Peter right here, do you think that if I wanted to, that I could choose not to participate in this prophecy? I could. I could call 12 legions of angels to make this not happen. And Jesus says, but if I did that, how would the scripture be fulfilled? Because the scripture says that it must happen this way. So that tells us right there that there is an option. Thank God that he, Jesus, went with the option. Thank God that he participated in that prophecy. We'll go back a little bit to Matthew chapter 21. And it came to pass when they were near Jerusalem and had reached by Paget at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples on ahead. This was on Palm Sunday, of course, or Palm Sunday as we now call it, right before the Passover, saying to them, Jesus said, go into the village that is opposite you, and at once you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall reply, the Lord needs them, and he will let them go without delay. This happened that what was spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey, a beast of burden. So the disciples, of course, went and they did what Jesus said. They went and they loosed the donkey and the colt and Jesus rode into the city and they put the palm leaves in the street to pave the way. And they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Why would Jesus choose to enter this way? Well, it was prophesied that he would enter this way. And Jesus chose to participate in the prophecy. And one way that we know this, and the scripture tells us this time and time again, when it tells us what Jesus did that was fulfilling the prophecy, he says that he did it that it might be fulfilled. He did it in order that the prophecy might be fulfilled. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that spectacular? I think it is because it tells us that there is a choice whether or not we participate. And again, had Jesus chosen not to, then he would not have died on the cross for our sins. Some might ask this question, did Jesus receive divine revelation that there would be a donkey available at that specific spot and at that specific time? Or did he instead simply choose to believe the prophecy that the Messiah would enter on a cult? And you have to believe, you have to know that Jesus was teaching in the temple at 12 years old. He knew the prophecy as any good Jewish kid would, and probably more so, you know, son of God, lamb of God. He knew the prophecy about himself, and he knew that he was the Messiah, and he knew that the season was right. He knew that there would have to be a donkey there. Now, that's an interesting thing because you see the crucifixion of Jesus, not coincidentally at all, purposely lined up with Passover. So Jesus knew that the season was right. He knew that it was time for him to be looking for the right donkey. The people in the streets, they even did their part in participating in a prophecy that was intended to save them, to redeem them. They put the palm leaves in the streets. You know, sometimes it's about paving the way for the fulfillment of a prophecy. Whatever it is that God has put into your spirit, and I'm talking about, again, not just random things that you think you might want, but the things that God has put into your spirit when you are in communion with him, the things that you know he wants for you you and for your life. Today, you need to begin to speak those things over yourself. I am going to have peace in my home in the name of Jesus. We know God wants that for us. I am going to have a sanctified, holy relationship with my, with my spouse. I am going to, if you don't have a spouse, I am going to receive the husband or the wife that God wants for me to have. 
Or if you want to pray, I am going to stay single and not have to put up with a husband or a wife that God doesn't want me to have. You can, you can pray that too. Even the donkey and the colt became participants. Think about that and the fulfillment of the prophecy. But the thing that got them involved, the thing that allowed for them to be participants in the prophecy and the fulfillment of the prophecy was their availability. Your availability is key. Are you available to be used by God? Are you stationed in the right place in the right season? If not, then that's something that we need to work on because the fulfillment of the prophecy that God has given to his people, to the kingdom of God, you as a part of the kingdom, hey, if you're fulfilling the prophecies for the kingdom, then you're fulfilling the prophecies about you, amen? So you may think, well, that's an absurd sermon point, pastor. What qualifies a donkey to be a participant in the fulfillment of prophecy? (laughs) Well, as it turns out, the very thing that qualified the donkey to be a participant in the fulfillment of prophecy in this situation was the fact that she was a donkey. That can go in so many directions. If the donkey were able to have an inner dialogue, the donkey is thinking, <laughs> I'm just a lowly donkey, hee-haw. Here I am, tied up in the same place, day after day after day. My master hardly ever takes me out for a walk or for a ride. I just wish that some of this excitement that I hear is about to start here right before the Passover, I just wish that I could somehow contribute, but I'm just a donkey. I'm not a horse. I don't have a strong back like a horse does. I'm not a camel. You know, I don't carry a lot in reserve. I'm just a donkey. Got this colt, which is nice, but I don't really have a whole lot of expectations for his life. But here I am. Use me if you can. Have you ever felt like that? Every part of the body has a function. Even though you might feel, I'm too young to be used of God. Remember Timothy in the Bible? What Paul told him, don't let them tell you that because you're too young, you can't do it. And then you may say, well, I'm too old. My day has passed. Let me remind you about Moses. He wasn't a young guy. And the Lord's appearing to him in burning bushes, telling him to take his shoes off your own holy ground, telling him to become the leader and the deliverer of an entire nation. It's not about whether you're young or whether you're old. It's about being in the right season and being available. You might feel like a donkey, or maybe you're just stubborn and this metaphor is really hitting home with you today. No matter how unusable you might think you are today, It's about being in the right season in the right time. How do we get into the right season at the right time? We stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. Be available. You can be a one that paves the way. You can be one upon whose back a prophecy is fulfilled. You can be the one that someone else has spoken a prophecy about who gets to ride into the city, so to speak. The expectations that you have for your children, pray about it and then begin to speak them over your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Don't just hope. Hope is good, but hope is not prophetic. Begin to speak over your sons and your daughters. Lord, bless them and keep them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Raise your countenance upon them daily. Give them shalom. Give them the fullness of everything that you have for them. They may not have anyone else speaking it over them. Declare it over them. Pray about, God, what would you have for me to speak over my family? Number one, God's will be done. And number two, Lord, bring them into relationship with you if they don't already know you. Because whether they're sick or they're healthy, if they don't know the Lord, eventually they're going to die anyway. But if you're sick or if you're well and you know Jesus, whether you live another hundred years in the here and now or you die tomorrow, you're going to live forever. Let me speak a a blessing over you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord give you peace in your home and in your life. May the Lord give you prophetic words to speak over yourself. May the Lord God give you the fullness of what he intends for you to have in relationship with him. May the Lord bless your sons and your daughters. May the Lord bless your literal house, home, that you live in. May the Lord cause the backsliders in your family to return to him. May the Lord restore what the enemy has stolen in your life. May the Lord sing over your grandchildren while they sleep. May the Lord minister 
to your great and your great great grandchildren and beyond all the days of their lives I speak this over you this morning unrehearsed I feel this coming from the Lord I speak this word over you that as you walk and become a purposeful participant in this prophecy that I'm speaking over you this morning that it will come to pass in Jesus name amen God bless you Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.